the Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. I'm Dyson. And this is Dark Adaptation. nice having time off let's take the pressure off you know i just got to have record and sit back yeah yeah it was nice you just got to hang out with kobe yeah i had fun though because i got to do an episode with my sister yeah which yeah steph is my sister i had a couple people ask is like oh that's your sister i was like yeah that's my sister <laughs> that's my sister she's my best friend yeah <laughs> steph's listening like that's so sweet but you're not mine <laughs> yeah she's like also this primarily because you do accents like that i get help who i am and then last week it was Paige, which was fucking sick we finally did our collaboration episode on the bridgewater triangle which was very long but very fun and uh now it's your turn yeah and i i uh while i was researching this episode i couldn't help it and i was like <laughs> dicey you want to know what we're doing because i was like i'm excited for this episode it's different um, so I did end up telling you what it was, but mm-hmm. hopefully you're excited too. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm excited. Should be exciting. I think you should leave. You're a rootin' tootin' old time. Rootin' tootin'. Rootin' tootin'. Ready to just go right into it? You didn't want to know what I've been doing with my time off? What have you been doing with your time I've off? I've been doing a side hustle. I'm streaming now. What are you streaming? Uh, oh. NPC life. Ah! <laughs> As soon as I went, what are you? Str- I, was like, I no. saw I saw these girls on the internet, and they they like, well, I saw these girls on the internet, and they're making money by doing stream by going, gang 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 gang, and I was like, I could make money doing that. Someone donates, you say a little catchphrase, bam, you lose your dignity. <laughs> cool. So where can everyone follow you? What's your handle? Big suck wells at lose your dignity. L Y D. Dot net. is way too close to like LDS or something. <laughs> What's LDS? Latter Day Saints. Oh, you think gang, I could gang. partner with them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> wow. So you've been productive. Why are you here then? If you're making the big box being an NPC wannabe. Never, never forget where you came from. Oh, I'll never forget your roots. Yeah. You're like, girl. We both know you have no technological skills. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure I'm it. here because you need me to be. <laughs> and because I want you to be. Yeah, that's like, too. It's fine. I already say that you don't want to be here, but I am forcing you to be. Yeah. So, Dyson, I don't ever want to hear about that again, okay? Instead... You have to listen to me talk because I'm the host and I wrote this episode and I'm going to tell you a tale. Okay. And the tale I have for you today is, like I said, something a little different, but I think you'll enjoy it. I think the listeners will enjoy it because, um, well, you just will. (laughs) You're going to like it. 
I'll be honest, I just had like a flood of about eight different sentences try and cram their way through the doorway, and then I just stopped talking because I didn't know which one to choose. <laughs> mm, three Stooges syndrome. Yep. Good God. Okay, so today we're talking about a legendary lawman and a notorious shootout that occurred in El Paso, Texas in 1881 during the climax of the Wild West era. That's very exciting. This... But it also makes me want tacos. Oh, okay. Later. <laughs> <laughs> this shootout is most often called the four dead in five seconds gunfight, but it's also referred to as the El Paso gunfight and the Keating's Saloon gunfight. Mm. So yeah, we're going we're gonna go way back to the Wild West, the old West cowboys and outlaws and lawmen and Outlaws again. Out, more outlaws and then mostly outlaws. Cause... And, the, and the the wild, wild west. Yeah. Is this in the west? Yeah. Yeah. Central. It's wild. It's wild. It's just why it's called the wild west. El Paso. Because what do you want, people? People came west, you know? So yeah. it's the wild west. Yeah. It's, it's about all you need to know. Straight up, um, there's all kinds of varying and conflicting information out there about the story and the people involved and exactly what went down and whatever. So I've done my best to fact check and choose the most consistent information and details to piece together this crazy little story for you. Mm, okay. So with that, let's start by learning about this legendary lawman. <laughs> Studenmeyer. He was a Sagittarius born on December 11th, 1845 in Aberfoyle, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Yeehaw. And he was one of nine children. He's one of nine. One of nine. He ain't one of mine, but he's one of nine. <laughs> oh my God. You laughing at me, partner? Uh, no. Certainly no. Um... I cannot tell you anything else about his childhood, so he's obviously not one of mine either. <laughs> <laughs> As a man's, he grew to be 6'4", so he was really tall, and he joined the Confederate Army in 1862, and that's just like really short. What? Is the Confederates? Well, he's uh, from Alabama. Oh. He ain't one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Bama. But, um, yeah, he did join the Confederate Army eventually. Like, it's, you know, he he was trying to get in. Yeah, he was, like, too tall in some cases. <laughs> too tall? Six four. So I guess I guess if you think about combat back then, that's a thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, everyone line up, walk in a straight line, and, and then there's you see a cannonball. Six four. Yeah, if you guys ever want to get freaked out by just civil war watch like the fucking start of uh what the fuck was that movie called with uh uh i forget the guy's name but uh, state of jones or something it was uh anyway there's like a whole like saving private ryan d-day scene for civil war and like guys getting cannonballs blown through their chest one guy's too tall and his head gets fucking right off well there we go that's why he it was yeah. multiple attempts at joining the army for the war and 
it was like no 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 and then they're finally like okay fine yeah <laughs> so <laughs> while he was serving all right we're losing you can come yeah, it was I think he like attempted like three or four times. I'll, like I said at the beginning, there's like varying information, so some stuff is to be taken with a grain of salt. But for the most part, what I'm telling you is the accurate story mm -hmm. for the most part, because like I wasn't there. I yeah, don't know. I <laughs> so um, while he was serving, he was actually shot several times. Some sources say four times, and he carried two of those bullets with him for the rest of his life. Okay. After the Civil War, around 1867, he moved to Columbus, Texas, where he was a gunfighter and is believed to have killed, like, a bunch of dudes. Because, you know, you're gunfighting. You want to duel? You want to go out in the street, settle this? Just we live in a more bow, bow, bow. civilized society these days. Like, Clearly. <laughs> people want to duel. They just pull out their, like, Yu-Gi-Oh deck or something and... You want to do? You want to ruthless? Duel? Here's my fucking Beyblade. Send you to the fucking Shadow Realm. <laughs> then there's one guy, and he's like, "Hey, one of mine." That's right. <laughs> so, also, he probably did kill a couple of men during these gunfights because Dallas was known to have a temper. He was hot-headed. He's a Sagittarius, right? So he's like fiery as shit, mm. especially when he was drinking. You know that didn't help. But he seemed to have been, like, a real charmer with the ladies, you know? They were like, oh, this man, he's a tall drink of water. What's <laughs> 1880, 1860s at this point. They probably said that. Yeah. My, I'm suffering from the vapors. <laughs> he's stealing my lines now. No, that was my line. And... I do so, believe I have the vapors. That was my line, and then you were making fun of me because it wasn't in California. Oh. So, nice try, bucko. So, anyway, they were like, what a tall drink of water. This man is so handsome. And he was a sharp dresser. And he was 6'4", and I think like the average height in the 1860s was probably like 5'6". Are you picturing the colonel yet? Because I'm picturing, picturing the colonel. The colonel? Like dark colonel. Like KFC's colonel. I don't know. I'm certainly not picturing that, but I know what he looks like. You need to stop picturing that. <laughs> I'm going to show you a photo. He's hot-headed. He's a big hit with the ladies. Sounds like colonel. I don't even know why you would draw that comparison. Um, This is this is the man's. Look at that mustache. I mean, give him some years and he might turn into the colonel. Whatever. The colonel wasn't 6'4". We don't know that. We don't know much about the colonel. This isn't about the colonel. Yeah. So. <laughs> Christ. This is the story of how we came to have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm. All right. So continuing to hone his shooting skills, Dallas became equally accurate with both hands and always wore two guns. Um, the most widely reported guns that he carried were these silver-plated forty-five Colts. So those are like pistols. Mm -hmm. But one historian or some fucking guy, I don't even know who he is, but he said that he actually had two ivory-gripped 1851 Navy Colts. So he had some... He, basically, what we're saying here is that Dallas had some Colt action pistols, you know? like Yeah. That, that was his gun. Yeah, the old school gunslinger mm -hmm. guns. 
I'm Canadian. What do you want from me? <laughs> You're not from the fucking Wild West. No. So during these years, Dallas worked as a sheep farmer, a carpenter, a wheelwright, and a merchandiser. He was also always a gunfighter, you know? So he was just doing jobs that were usually in the realm of the crowd you're running with as a gunfighter. Mm-hmm. In the late 1860s and early or early 1870s, Dallas joined the Texas Rangers and he worked his way up to second sergeant. He then moved around from Columbus, Texas to the Texas Panhandle to Socorro, New Mexico. Um, we're Canadian, so I didn't know what the Texas Panhandle was. Yeah, what is that? Uh, well, if you look at the shape of Texas, there's like the northernmost part that kind of pokes up and makes like this square. Yeah. And it's wedged in between New Mexico and Oklahoma. Oh, that's the panhandle? Yeah. That's the panhandle. They just call it a square. Well, it's the panhandle. Texas top hat. Cute. (laughs) So, yeah, he was moving around a lot, you know, all kinds of jobs. He's probably, like, because he's so hot-tempered, he probably had a hard time, like, sticking with one thing. Because he's mm-hmm. settling <laughs> scores with This guy's with trying guns. to be rank and file, but he's got, like, a fucking temper. So, yeah, and then he actually joined the Texas Rangers, which was, like, obviously the kind of the opposite side of what he had been doing. Mm-hmm. Just being, like, a little vigilante street gunfighter out here. He's ready to settle down. Yeah, and he was like, you know what? I think I'll just see what's going on on the other side to justice. Yeah. During the Texas Rangers. He ended up in El Paso, Texas, where a lot of our story takes place because his good friend, Stanley Doc Cummings, who I'll just call Doc from now. Mm-hmm. Doc was such like, seemed to be such a popular name in the 1800s. Doc? Yeah. Calling people yeah. Doc. It is pretty sick, though. Yeah. I think it's pretty sick. That should, that should have stuck around. Doc. What's up, Doc? And it makes you also think of The Shining. They call him Doc. Oh, yeah. Danny. My mind immediately went to uh, Doc Holiday. Well. The pitcher who fucking. Uh... Um, Kobe's oh, yowling. Our cat is freaking the fuck out. Um, we should let him out. We'll be right back. <laughs> can we let the cat out? <laughs> yeah. Turns out he can fucking yodel. Well, Jesus. it's really, really hot in the apartment, so we have an AC going in the bedroom. And I thought he would want to be in the bedroom with the AC, because he was like, I don't know, looked like he was struggling in the heat. And then he just started just screaming. Yeah, he was curled up in the heat. He was, like, fucking laid out on the floor, just dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, now he can suffer, because he's stuck with us in the heat. Yep. Okay, so I think you said something about Doc Holiday. Yeah. And then I was going to say, yeah, who was another like famous gunfighter? And then you were like the baseball pitcher. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. well, I think I think actually now that you mentioned it, that was probably why he got that nickname. Doc Holiday. Yeah. Roy Holiday. Doc. Oh, OK. Yeah. He's I- the one that died in a plane crash after he retired because he was doing stunts in his Cessna in oh. Miami. Oh, that sucks. Something. And he was he was flying dangerously and crashed it i guess Mm. it was real hard to hear about yeah that's rough yeah he was he was the jays for like he was the face of the jays for like the early 2000s well wow i don't know where i was then because i never heard doc holiday as a baseball player no just as the gunslinger Eh, yeah 
Stockholm. This is such a good example of how you and I always, <laughs> our minds go to different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've talked about that a lot the last couple of days. I forget what the second thing was, but the first time was when we were in the mall and it was going to close. And I was like, imagine we were stuck in here after hours. It would be like, and I said, Dawn of the Dead, and you said, Night at the Museum. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, there's an example of yeah, all right. <laughs> where our minds go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what? Night at the Museum? And you're like, why would it be Dawn of the Dead? That would imply zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just who we are as people. Yep. We balance each other out, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, Dallas, anyway, wow, this is going to be a chaotic episode, I can already tell. It already is. Mm-hmm. Dallas ended up in El Paso, Texas, because of his friend, Doc Cummings. Uh, Doc was living there at the time, and he told Dallas of a marshal's position that was opening up uh, because they could not hold a town marshal in this place. So he wrote to Dallas and was like, you're the man for the job. You should yeah. apply for it. Everybody, you're my... You're my first pick, except for the guys who got fucking killed. They didn't last a week, but you're my eighth and only pick. (laughs) (laughs) In early April 1881, Dallas traveled to El Paso. El Paso? El Paso by stagecoach, of course. Yeah. To interview for the job. And he was hired almost immediately. He moved to El Paso, and he started his new position on April 11th, and he was the sixth town marshal in just eight months. Yeah, it wasn't far off. No. No. Nope. Oh. Yeah. You said eight, but you said eight marshals, but it was in eight months, and whatever, it doesn't matter. You were very close. This yeah. fucking place could not keep a town marshal. Mm-hmm. At this time, El Paso was, like, wild in, you know? Oh, yeah. In the Wild West. Wild and in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. It had a reputation of being a very violent town. And the city was hoping for a like tough outsider to come in and take over and just get shit done. Yeah. El Paso was the very definition of the Wild West. In 1881, it was a boom town, seemingly having grown overnight, which was a lot to handle because basically... There was a bunch of railroads that were starting to get built and they were passing through El Paso. So it was bringing in all types of people, um, outlaws, vendors. This had multiple lines coming through it? Yeah, I think four. Oh, that'll fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. So El Paso used to just kind of be this little kind of like more of a stopping point. Like on your travels, you would just stop in El Paso to like maybe get a beer or some shit. Taco. A taco, maybe, whatever you're feeling. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was just to pass through. Yeah. And then putting in, like, railroad tracks and becoming more popular on routes of travel and stuff. Plus, it's, like, right up against Mexico. Mm -hmm. It just seemed to have boomed overnight. Yeah. I forget what the exact population was, but it was really small. And then in very quickly, it grew to, like, 10,000 people. Holy shit, for a fucking... For a little little town. fucking dust bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all types of people are moving in. Outlaws, vendors, um, people are opening up gambling establishments, seedy places, brothels, all kinds of shit. So it was overrun with these seedy establishments mm-hmm. who were... The people who are running these establishments were even, like, seedier characters. Mm-hmm. 
all kinds of shit was going on. It was hard for the minimal lawmen to handle. But all of that was about to change because Dallas was a take no shit, bad to the bone, hard ass sharpshooter. And he was going to come into El Paso and wrangle them all in. Okay. And he was actually a sharpshooter, which was, in my research, I found rare for people to actually be sharpshooters in this time. Wait, what do you mean? Like, like the just accuracy yeah. was just not common? Yeah, actually. Okay. Because a lot of the guns that people were toting at this time, especially if you're a lawman or some sort of outlaw, cowboy, whatever, mm-hmm. were like six shooters. And those are like fairly new in, at this time. And they're totally different type of gun than what anyone was used to. So... Oh, right, because people were used to like Dumb little musket balls, right? Musket, rifles, shotguns. And the musket balls had a a knuckleball effect. Mm -hmm. So they would tumble in the air. Yeah. No one had like this little basically hand cannon. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was really hard to use, especially just given all of the guns that you people had leading up to like six shooters like this pistols yeah and even if you had like a handgun of some kind it still usually had like a fucking cannon of like a barrel <laughs> like yeah long barrels yeah so having like pistols like colts or whatever the fuck i don't know anything about guns <laughs> six shooters pistols um hollywood always makes like very makes it very glamorous like the old west shooters are fucking snipe shows out there Mm -hmm. but even some of like the biggest known names from this time like doc holiday or fucking wyatt earp and those people like they're like the greatest shooters Mm -hmm. and it was hard to come by somebody who could use pistols well and accurately and with both hands yeah being ambidextrous is something else And then after the Civil War, Dallas literally just spent so much time practicing his skills and like honing in on being. You're so angry all the time. Yeah. He's like, I'm angry. I got to channel it through my guns. That's healthy. Start blasting. (laughs) But yeah, so since he had spent years honing his skills, he was like the best six shooter around. And uh, a lot of the other like big names or lawmen, whatever from this time, like just paled in comparison to old Dally. Mm, old old dally old dally dally el paso i said that because it's like the Yo, he'd shoot you for saying shit like this <laughs> whatever calling him dally it's from the outsiders oh is it yeah like um dallas winston is one of the greasers oh and steph and i i hope she's listening and she's picturing it we would always like we watched the outsiders probably a million times mm-hmm. as children <laughs> and uh tom cruise i think walks into the house and he just goes where is old dally anyway <laughs> old dally <laughs> so he'd always say where is old dally it was tom cruise or it was emilio estevez i forget which one but this guy's name's dallas so he's old dally mm. all right so yeah dallas is gonna come into el paso he's gonna be the new town marshal he's actually fucking sick with that six shooter he's the perfect man for the job and he's angry he's take no shit really tall formidable Mm -hmm. he's gonna he's gonna be the man all right for the job for this job the marshal job right right so he gets to el paso you remember via stagecoast of course Mm -hmm. also like i just picture so much tarantino 
I picture yeah, like a you can't Django not. Unchained mixed with like a Hateful Eight, like a Django Unchained set, like scene with characters from the Hateful Eight. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of feet pics for some reason. Oh, well. Yep. You can channel that into your whatever NPC thing you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, now I just want to see Tarantino do it. I don't. <laughs> I, I do. He's a freak. It'd be funny. <laughs> he is a freak, isn't he? But he makes the best movies. Yeah, he does. So Dallas's first task as marshal was to get the city jail keys from Bill Johnson, who was a deputy marshal who also happened to be the town drunk. So that's fun. That's great. The deputy marshal is a bailiff, basically, in the court. So he had the keys. And mm -hmm. I don't know, he was just hoarding them or some shit, wouldn't give them up. And the council, city council or the mayor was like, yo, welcome to El Paso, Dallas. It's your first day on the job. Can you please get those fucking keys from that drunkard? <laughs> <laughs> so Dallas approaches the, of course, drunken deputy to get the keys. And Johnson, he's like mumbling that he would go home and figure out which ones they were. Mm hmm. And hot-tempered Dallas became very impatient, demanding mm -hmm. the keys immediately. Because he's like, I'm not here to play fucking games. No one can get these keys off of you because you always have them. Give me the fucking keys. Mm -hmm. And then Johnson continued to delay, you know, just being a little weasel about it. Yeah. So Dallas physically grabbed him and turned him upside down and took the keys and then threw them on the ground. Okay. All right. Oh, so much for going home and trying to find your little keys, you little weasel. Yeah. He just yeah. picks him up, turns him over, shakes the keys out of him, takes him. And that's the first task that he, he was tasked with. And that is the a first plus. person he was interacting with. A plus. So, yeah. He Gold literally star. wasted no time living up to his formidable, like, reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Bill Johnson was humiliated because he was just turned upside down by another well, grown man. Well, he, he humiliated himself doing that. Yeah, you're the town drunk. Like, that's way more embarrassing. Yeah. Everyone is like, oh, old Bill Johnson, town drunk. Just three days later, on April 14th, Dallas was involved in one of the most famous gunfights in Texas history. As you'll know, it's the El Paso gunfight, a.k.a. the Battle of Keating's Saloon, a.k.a. the Four Dead in Five Seconds gunfight. Ooh. As I introduced in the beginning. So let's talk about April 14th, 1881, and what led to this gunfight. It begins when a group of about 75 armed Mexicans moved into El Paso looking for two missing vaqueros named Sanchez and Warik, who had been searching for 30 head of cattle stolen from a very wealthy ranch owner in Mexico. Do you remember what vaqueros is? Because I was Googling how to say it. No, I don't. Cowboys. Oh. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Vaqueros. So the, uh, this basically like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? like mercenaries, basically, of 75 armed Mexicans just trudge up through Mexico into El Paso because, like I said, El Paso, like, hugs the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. And the mayor of El Paso, Solomon, Solomon Schutz, he made an exception for the Mexicans, allowing them to enter the city limits with their firearms. 
I mean, it's 75 to 1, so you're probably just like, yeah, sure, come on in, try and find those cattle. Yeah, there's not really much of an option here. That's a mini army. And they weren't, like, they were, they weren't, like, being, you know, fucking crazy or anything. Like, they just wanted to know what happened to their two comrades, basically. Yeah. They're like, well, Sanchez and Warik had come up here. They were looking for 30 stolen cattle. They haven't returned. We want to find them. Yeah. So the mayor's like, okay, go ahead. And Constable Gus Kremkow. Kremkow or Kremko? I'm going to say Kremko. Constable Kremko. Mm-hmm. He accompanied the Mexicans to the ranch of Johnny Hale, who was a local ranch owner, and he was a suspected cattle rustler. So they were like, that's the place to check. And he lived about 13 miles at northwest of El Paso in the Upper Valley. So just headed up there to try and figure out if that's where Sanchez and Warik had gone. As they approached the ranch, the bodies of Sanchez and Warik were discovered. Uh Oh, so they had been shot and killed on their, obviously on the ranch property of Johnny Hale. So (laughs) that doesn't look good. No. And the bodies were taken back to El Paso so an inquest into their deaths could be held in the courthouse. So a large crowd immediately gathered in and around the courthouse. And among the crowd was obviously John Hale and his friend, who was also the former town marshal, George Campbell. And George Campbell had resigned because either the salary was too low or he never got paid. So he just resigned. Okay. And that's why Dallas is there, because Dallas is now the new George Campbell, basically. Mm -hmm. So tensions started to run high because some Americans were concerned about how heavily armed the Mexicans were. And they were basically getting their panties in a bunch, being like, well, we don't want the Mexicans to get violent um especially because they might start demanding justice mm-hmm. for Walrik and Sanchez who were obviously murdered here in El Paso. Yeah. So it seems like that was basically just on the Americans end. They're just like huffing and puffing about it, but the Mexicans were just trying to see what the fuck happened and still also figure out where all of their cattle was. Yeah. So the inquest began with and uh Constable Kremko who had led the 75 Mexicans to the ranch. He was fluent in Spanish, which is the main reason he had led the party. He's also the constable. But since he was fluent in Spanish, he acted as an interpreter for the Mexicans during this um, court proceeding. So the inquest verdict was that Sanchez and Warik had been in the vicinity of Hale's ranch looking for the stolen cattle when Hale and his fellow cattle rustlers feared they would discover the herd and potentially return with a larger group. Mm -hmm. So in court, two American cattle rustlers named Pervy and Fredericks were accused of being the ones to murder Sanchez and Warik because Pervy and Fredericks were overheard bragging about killing two cowboys when they realized that they were trailing the stolen herd to Hale's ranch the night before. So Pervy and Fredericks were formally charged with the murders, immediately arrested, and scheduled for trial at a later date. So with that, court was adjourned. 
the crowd dispersed and the Mexicans returned to Mexico with the two bodies of Sanchez and Warik for proper burial. Okay. So, so 75 Mexicans, while armed, they didn't want no trouble. They wanted the bodies back and they basically wanted to figure out who did this. Mm -hmm. So Pervy and Fredericks were probably two just fucking knuckleheads are bragging all over town about stealing cattle from mm -hmm. Mexico and noticed they were being tailed yeah, and then killed them and then mm. bragged about it. And then it. bragged about it. Always the bragging. Like it's you, always the bragging. Idiots. You idiots. Yeah, like obviously don't kill someone, <laughs> but then don't brag about it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially if your name's pervy. Me, me, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> pervy. Oh, perv. So that is, that is that. So even though the Mexicans had left El Paso and uh, returned back to Mexico, tensions were still running really high in El Paso. After court had adjourned, Marshal Dallas walked across the street to eat at the Globe restaurant, which was actually owned by Doc, like his best friend. Mm -hmm. Then Constable Kremkow went next door to Keating's saloon to retrieve his rifle and pistol. And I don't know, I guess, because you don't want to be armed in the courthouse. So you leave them at the fucking saloon. I have no <laughs> idea. Wild West, man. Yeah. So Keating Saloon was described as, quote, one of the worst pest holes in El Paso. All right. A pest hole. Yeah. I never heard that term before. So I was like, I got to include that because that sounds I wonder like if he stinking. kept his uh, right or his like weapons there because like. I think saloons were also kind of like pseudo motels. Oh, yeah. Saloon. It was yeah. like everything. It mm -hmm. was usually room and board up up top or out back. You got obviously like a restaurant, a bar. A barber. A barber. Music. Trust my barber. Yeah. Trust my saloon barber. <laughs> like that makes so much sense. Yeah. So the saloon was very multifaceted. Mm -hmm. So ex-marshal George Campbell was already at the saloon with Hale, who's the guy that owned the ranch and where the dead cowboys were found. Mm -hmm. And Hale was getting dickered. <laughs> Campbell and Hale were in the saloon. They're hyping each other up, expressing how pissed off they were that Kremkow was involved in the investigation. And they said that Kremkow was a, quote, Mexican sympathizer. And he was probably friends with all of the Mexicans. So no one could trust the translations that he was making because no one else spoke Spanish. And they were just fucking hyping each other up, really hating on Kremkow because... Mm -hmm. it's <laughs> He's the constable. He has to investigate if someone's saying you're a thief. Mm -hmm. So they were fucking pissed. And Kremkow was there looking for, like, to retrieve his pistol and rifle. So he heard their bitching and a confrontation broke out between the three men. Suddenly, the drunken Hale grabbed one of Campbell's two pistols, shouting, George, I've got you covered, before shooting Kremkow. Dallas heard the shot. He jumped up from his dining chair at the Globe restaurant, drew his pistols, and ran out into the street. As Kremkow fell wounded against the saloon door, Hale ran outside and quickly hid behind a post out front of the saloon because he saw Dallas running toward him with his pistols drawn. Mm -hmm. So Dallas then shot once, but the bullet hit 
Ochoa, who was this innocent Mexican bystander who was just trying to run for cover. So when Hale peered from behind the post, Dallas fired again, shooting Hale right between the eyes, killing him instantly. Okay, nice. He redeemed his sharpshooter status there, but, um, yeah, whoops. The one went wild. Yeah. Campbell watched from inside as Hale went down and Campbell exited the saloon, waving his gun and, and yelling, gentlemen, this is not my fight. But Kremkow still slumped against the door and rapidly losing blood from getting shot with from Hale mm-hmm. disagreed because using a little <laughs> bit of strength he had left, he raised his pistol, pistol and fired two shots at the fleeing Campbell. Yeah. So the first shot hit Campbell's gun, breaking his right wrist and knocking the gun to the ground. Mm-hmm. And the second shot hit him in the foot. So Campbell was screaming in agony and he picked up his gun with his left hand. And then Dallas whirled away from Hale to face Campbell and fired at him, pumping three bullets into his stomach. And Campbell dropped his gun again, grabbed his stomach and fell to the dusty street. And Dallas slowly walked up to him through the dust cloud. As Campbell was shouting, you son of a bitch, you murdered me. And Dallas said nothing. He just glared at him. And then when the dust settled, both Campbell and Constable Kremkow were dead. Wow. That's a fucking dust up right there. (laughs) Right? That's a holy shit. So in five chaotic seconds, four men were killed. Wow. Five seconds. That's fucking fast as shit. Yeah. So five seconds from when John Hale grabbed his friend Campbell's gun and shot the constable, Kremkow. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Dallas, who was right across the street eating, heard that first shot, he was already up and running with both pistols. John Hale ran outside like a little bitch, Mm -hmm. but then hid because he saw Dallas (laughs) running towards him and was like, (laughs) oh, fuck. And then, yeah, Dallas, you know, accidentally shot an innocent bystander. Yeah, that guy. That sucks. I mean, the thing, though, is that he this happened so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And Dallas was not there. He had no idea what was going on. He just heard a shot. Mm -hmm. There was already a whole bunch of tech uh, tension in El Paso because of all the Mexicans that were there that were armed. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it was an accident or if he totally shot that Mexican on purpose. Because he thought, oh, if there's guns going and there was tension and there's a problem, it's probably because of Mexican. Yeah, there's a good chance of that, actually. So, I mean, little. And he's a shooter. And he just fucking shot that guy right in the head after running over. So I think that he might have done it um, on purpose. Yeah, that might have been, uh, been an intentional but one. We weren't there. I mean, maybe it really was just a wild bullet. But I mean, this, this man is like the fucking sharpest shooter so yeah it's just strange is all we're saying that's it yeah it don't come for us 1881 (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so then also you have campbell fleeing because like he he was just in the saloon trying to like have a verbal argument you know he's hype he's hyped up he's pissed that kremko who's supposed to be like one of the like og locals of this place is like investigating against Hale, who's, you know, the friend and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to fucking have a shootout, but Hale's fucking dickered. Yeah. Just takes his gun, starts shooting and it happens in five seconds. Right. So like maybe Kramkow didn't know it was happening or didn't know that it wasn't Campbell that 
shot him, didn't shoot him. So when Campbell's tried to flee, he shot him because he thought he was the one that shot him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Five seconds, though. It's fucking wild how quick that happened. Dallas comes fucking running in. Headshot. Headshot. Three in your gut. Dead. It's, it's just funny because the, the one Mexican guy that was running was like probably running for like four seconds and then just dropped. Like, yeah, he I just whoop. said that he was trying to flee for cover. That dude was just in the worst spot. Yeah, he, yeah, he. That sucks. He didn't stand a chance. No, it was, it was just over. Little old Dallas coming running out, pistols drawn, <laughs> ready to. Christ. <laughs> I imagined him so vividly running with the fucking dual pistols just up. Good. That, I was trying to just like tell that part in like succession quickly so that you could just keep visualizing it yeah but he's he's definitely always ready to kill someone yes he is that's just what he does like hot tempered i don't even know what is more descriptive than that like just simmering constantly mm-hmm. ready to blow like he has a temper yeah. and he loves gunslinging and then he could have been drinking at the globe restaurant who knows and if he was then he gets angrier when he's drinking yeah he obviously didn't have too much because he's still fucking being the one guy between the eyes. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> shot hell right between the eyes you want to hear the best part about all of this yep <laughs> well all that fuckery was unfolding three texas rangers were standing nearby just watching it all happen <laughs> <laughs> and obviously they were asked like what the hell why didn't you do anything mm-hmm. and they were like um do you see dallas he had that situation well in hand we weren't about to step in yeah honestly in that that's an i believe that that was a we're just gonna complicate it more if we started firing too also five seconds is so fast they're also probably like wow yeah in five seconds you can barely figure out who the bad guy is I know. That's what's crazy. That's why. Well, I've... like Dallas kind of didn't either. Well, that's what I but... think. I don't think the. Oh, no. The one bullet went It like all the articles say went wild. I feel like that was put in at like the like Cause this... post write up. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, it was a wild one. But like really Dallas was like fucking Mexican dead. I bet. So yeah. <laughs> Just given the how the whole day was building up with the tension and everyone was bitching about like oh my god i can't believe there's like 75 mexicans in here with all their guns they're armed shit's gonna go down because they're gonna get angry Mm -hmm. so you have that feeding in and like you said five seconds how the fuck are you supposed to know what's happening who's involved who's responsible whatever so dallas just come fucking sprinting from that restaurant he didn't know he totally Mm -hmm. was just like pow Oh shit, you over there too? Pow! You pow pow pow! I could do this all I, goddamn day! You gotta bring the devil out of me! <laughs> so I ran across the street and I started blasting! <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was so great when I was in this article and it said three Texas Rangers just watched it all unfold because they were like, nah man, Dallas, he had that well in hand. We weren't yeah. gonna step in. Yeah. So this gunfight was published in newspapers in cities as far away as San Francisco. And New York City. Mm-hmm. And they made Dallas Studenmeyer a legend. Basically. Because he's mm. fucking sick out here with a six shooter. This has to be like one of the like newer fucking gunslinger stories too. If you think about it. 1881. Yeah. Like one of the newer like uh, Dirty Harry. T- not Dirty Harry, but like a... Uh, 
like Wild West spaghetti western style stories of a gunslinger. Yeah. I mean, it's like peak time. There's a lot happening around this time. Mm. And even this one was overshadowed by a couple others that happen after. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And if you think about it, because like pistols like this, especially are newer, like at this point, they're maybe about like 20 years old, 20, 30 years old. Okay. So you still got people learning how to use those things. Get hold of a good one. Not one that's going to fucking backfire. Oh, that happens all the time. But I mean, it's going to be one of the OGs. I don't even know. Yeah. There's just also there's just fucking gunfights all the all the time. April 17th, 1881, which is three days after the four dead in five seconds gunfight, more fuckery was had in town. Oh, good. The Manning brothers, uh, which consisted of wealthy brothers, Jim, Doc, and Frank. Doc Manning, not to be confused with Dallas's best friend, Doc. Okay. So Doc Manning, Jim Manning, and Frank Manning. They're brothers. They're rich as shit. They are locals, like OG locals to El Paso, and they're good friends with the now deceased Hale and Campbell. And they're also good friends with basically everybody in this town because they're the rich brothers who own saloons, have influence all over the place. Mm. Well, these brothers, they were pissed that their friends were dead. And they were also pissed that Dallas was kicking ass and taking names after being on the job literally less than a week it's like six days at this point and he's already just not not fucking around at all Mm -hmm. so the manning brothers convinced now former deputy marshal bill johnson but still a current drunk to assassinate dallas convincing him wasn't hard to do because if you'll remember at the beginning, Johnson is the bailiff that was straight up super, humiliated. Yeah, super embarrassed. And that was just days before. And Johnson was still seething over it. He wanted revenge. So it was not hard for the brothers to convince him to assassinate the Newtown Marshal. Mm-hmm. Late on April 17th, so the same day, an intoxicated Johnson was hiding behind a pillar of bricks armed with his shotgun waiting for Dallas to walk past. So Dallas, Dallas is known to like patrol the streets. Of course, he's the town marshal. He's out there with his guns. He's ready to fucking fight anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's known to walk by this pillar of bricks. So Johnson heard the sound of Dallas and, and Doc talking nearby and getting closer. So he was ready to take the shot when his wobbly drunk ass legs just gave out. So he fell backwards and he squeezed the trigger of his double barrel shotgun just into the air. So those bullets just went wild. They missed both Dallas and Doc, but obviously Dallas is right there. He's immediately alerted Mm -hmm. to someone trying to shoot at him. So just instantly fires his pistols and just sent a hailstorm of eight bullets down at Johnson, shooting off his testicles in the process. (laughs) This guy is the most 
embarrassing person yeah. ever. Yeah. Like Bill Johnson? Yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah, it really is just sad. Yeah. But, you know, that's a good thing. So he died, like, immediately. Like, because his he bled out. His balls were shot off. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tried to assassinate him, and he's just fucking dickered, and his legs just gave out. What was his game plan? This dude was gonna, like, was kill gonna... Dallas. He was obviously gonna get fucking murked after that, though. Like, people weren't just gonna be like, oh, cool, you just killed the lawman in the town. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> also, he, like, is he, was he planning on quickly shooting both Dallas and Doc? Because Doc, that's, Dallas is his boy. He's just gonna fucking shoot you dead as soon as you try and shoot his friend. Yeah. Like, either yeah. way, however that goes down. But regardless, it failed. He just mm -hmm. sent two stray bullets basically into the air and then was fired on and died because his balls were shot off, which also reminds me of Tarantino. There's a lot of testicles getting shot off. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Sam Jackson in Hateful Eight definitely gets shot like in the fucking groin. I don't mm -hmm. know if it was like his balls that got blew off. But anyway, he was shot right in the dick area. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. So very Tarantino as well. <laughs> so this began a feud between Dallas and the Manning brothers because the Manning brothers were the ones that were like, yo, Johnson, go fucking kill him. And Dallas was like, oh, you put them up to that? Now we have a fight, <laughs> a feud, if you will. And the Manning brothers were enraged that they failed to take him down. And instead, at this point, he'd killed a bunch of their friends because they were friends with uh john hale they were friends with george campbell the friends with bill johnson and dallas has murdered all of them well they just they <laughs> fucking did it though i know but the manning brothers are like one of those wealthy ogs of the town so they obviously like run shit mm -hmm. so yeah. and they they obviously liked it being in disarray so. yeah exactly yeah. and just unfortunately and you don't want to be on the bad side of people like that yeah even if it's like you don't want to be on their good side either because then you have to be friends with the manning brothers yeah but i mean at least you won't die probably yeah maybe so the manning brothers while they plotted revenge dallas continued his strict fuck around and find out approach <laughs> to dealing with the lawless el paso between the april shooting of johnson and the following february so February 1882, Dallas killed another six men in shootouts during arrest situations. <laughs> He's very good at this. He loves, he fucking loves just blowing someone away with that pistols. Mm -hmm. That pistols? Those pistols. Yep. That pistols. As Dallas's notoriety grew, the city's violent crime rate dropped dramatically. Well, because he was committing all the, vi well, it just wasn't crime. <laughs> <laughs> He was committing all the violence in the town. He was committing a lot of violence in the town. Yeah, he was but just sucking up all the violence. He was murdering off a lot of violence, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, still, the crime rate in general was dropping. So people were like, I guess we should maybe fall into line a little bit. Yeah, if you think about it, I'm sure, like, in a town, there's just so many people who are going to be committing the violent crimes. So if you just kill them, then they're just, <laughs> you know. Just take them out. There yeah. we go. So, yeah, his notoriety was growing, but you know what else was growing? What? The hatred 
that the Manning brothers had for Dallas, and it was just festering away. They could not stand this man's. They're like, you are making this place orderly. I don't know why I'm picturing the Poyle brothers, but like I, I don't have a flattering picture of the Manning brothers. They seem like no. fucking losers. They're just like, yeah, I don't even know. They're like privileged, right? They're like they're probably one of the only wealthy families in this area. Mm-hmm. There's just a trio of little wanker brothers who own everything in town anyway, so they just feel like they're entitled and want it their way. Yeah. So yeah, I also picture like some weird little dweebs like McPoyles. Mm-hmm. In April, nope, in February 1882, <laughs> Dallas briefly returned to Columbus, Texas. And this was because he was going to marry Isabella Sherrington, who was, I think, his longtime girlfriend. They had probably been dating on and off. And she was back, obviously, in Columbus, Texas. And Isabella is also Doc, Doc's sister. So his best, his best friend. Sister. His best friend's sister. Okay. So I don't know if they were dating first and then they became best friends. Or if he was best friends and introduced him to his sister. I don't know. But he's mm. going to go and marry Isabella. All right. And while out of town, which was on February 14th, Jim Manning, one of the Manning brothers, and Doc Cummings were in the Coliseum Saloon, which was owned by Jim, and they got into an argument. So the dispute escalated into a gunfight, and Doc was shot, and he stumbled outside the saloon and fell dead in the street. No. So Dallas, I know. So Dallas returns to El Paso. He learns that his best friend and now brother-in-law are dead. Well, best friend and now brother-in-law is dead. Mm -hmm. And this signaled the beginning of the end for Dallas. Uh Oh, so, you know, Dallas, we know him. He's hot tempered. He's trigger happy. He's ready to kill some people. He's always ready to kill some people. Someone's going to die. But then. You add on to to this that Doc seemed to be the only person around that could calm Dallas down or bring him out of his rage because they're best friends. He knew his best friend really well. So when Dallas is out here fucking raging, Mm -hmm. Doc's the only one that could bring him out of it. And now Doc's dead. And Dallas was permanently enraged and just slowly unhinging. Mm. Jim Manning had been arrested for murdering Doc. But at trial, the jury determined that he had acted in self-defense. And that's, like, not surprising because the jury is made up of, of a bunch of dudes that are Jim Manning's friends. Yeah. They're friends with all of the Manning brothers. So, of course, he would have gotten off easy. Yeah, this is a loaded jury. And this added fuel to the fire that was just fucking simmering away in Dallas. He was pissed. And he had begun drinking way heavier. And he was confronting the men on the jury that basically acquitted acquitted Jim of murdering his best friend and he was pissed about that and his drinking and his behavior became so bad that people avoided coming into town and visiting the restaurants and saloons out of fear of running into him because they were just like no yeah this man is unhinging (laughs) and drinking and Mm -hmm. really good with guns yep so they were like we're gonna stay away from him and that's just a problem Right. And he had proved himself to be great as a town marshal. Like, he was a very effective lawman, crime rates declining, but this decline in him was turning the locals off totally. 
Plus, he was still fairly new in town. He hadn't even been there a year. And like I was saying, this is a tight knit group, especially when it comes to like the OG people of El Paso. Mm-hmm. So he was still sort of seen as an outsider. So no one cared to like talk to him about what was go- what was he was going through. Obviously, then it, they can't calm him down because Doc's the what only one. What are you going to do? Sit down and just be like, and, hey, yeah. buddy. And he's the town marshal. So you're like, this is just all around a terrible situation. Yeah and also el paso was like clearly run by outlaws and and wealthy people like the manning brothers so they wouldn't want the marshal to be continue to thrive they're happy to see this downfall mm-hmm. and i would bet money that murdering doc the only person that could keep dallas calm was definitely a strategic move on their part mm-hmm. they literally waited for the one time that dallas was going to be out of town yeah he never left town he was the marshal he he lived in el paso but he only went back to marry isabella and that one time that he's gone his best friend is murdered Mm -hmm. like i i would bet money that they planned that yeah because they're they had been fest manning brothers have been festering with hatred for him they're like how can we bring this guy down he's has way too much of a hold on this place Mm -hmm. oh kill his best friend kill his one stable person in his life all right yeah, exactly. And they were always together, right? Like, they're best friends when um, Dallas is on, like, his foot patrol for the evening. Doc would keep him company, hang out, walk with him, smoke with him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doc also owned the Globe restaurant. And Dallas would always go there, hang out at the restaurant, eat food, hang out with his best friend. Like, everyone knew they were best friends. Mm-hmm. And they fucking killed him. Yeah. And I, I would just, I'm so certain it was on purpose. City officials tried to control Dallas, mainly his drinking. So a law was passed making it illegal for lawmen to drink publicly. And if they were caught, they would be fined. But Mm -hmm. he's the city marshal. He's the one that's collecting the fines. Yeah. So that law failed and Dallas continued to drink because that was a big loophole. Yeah. (laughs) So the heavy, consistent drinking, his actions became more confrontational and erratic. He was known to use the St. Clement's Church Bell for target practice as he patrolled the streets. Oh, man. So he was just shooting that. I'm <laughs> sure back then they were all cool with shooting that. <laughs> and it's probably like one of those fucking it is kind of huge badass, though. cast iron yeah. bells, you know, and there's probably just ricochets. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is kind of badass, though. Oh, think yeah. about it like he's just on his patrol and he's already fucking cleaning up the town and just to prove a point he just fucking rings the bell to remind yeah. everyone like i'm i'm fucking here exactly yeah. um he was also suspected of spending unauthorized funds i don't know why they suspected that i don't know where he would have been spending these funds but well if he was taking his fines back out of the i can see where they would come up with that oh yeah that's true it'd be like hmm and he was fucking fiery as shit, so he was constantly arguing with the city officials about anything and everything. Like, what do you mean I can't shoot the bell? <laughs> <laughs> so the more volatile he became, the more enemies he made. And the El Paso Times editor, George Washington Carrico. <laughs> I was hoping he would be like, George Washington? Jeez, old Georgie. George Washington Carrico. 
<laughs> was added to this list of enemies after he alleged in an article that the city's crime rate varied depending on Dallas's sobriety. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so if Dallas is out in the streets dickered, shit's going wild. Mm-hmm. If he's on patrol, staying sober, doing his job, shit's in hand. It sounds like he was actually right about that, though. I think know. so, a yeah. little. Probably why he made the list of enemies is because there was a bit of truth in that, and Dallas was like, "Ah." Oh. Yeah. It was a bullface lie, and everyone knew it. They'd be like, "He'd be like, whatever." Whatever. People, yeah. s- my actions speak louder than my drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll take a uh, fucking sentences that wind you up in AA. <laughs> <laughs> For how much though? A fine, All of it. A fine of drinking on the job. <laughs> yeah. So by May 27th, 1882, the town had finally had enough. The city council announced that they were going to fire Dallas. And this went swimmingly. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I believe that for no seconds. Good. You should not believe it. Because Dallas, when he was confronted by the council, like, Hey, Dallas, um, turn in your guns. You're fired. They did this when he was drunk. So he fucking lost his damn mind and he was like, I dare you to take these guns and my job. And he's waving his guns around and he's like, I fucking dare you. I kind of don't blame him for this. If you think because at at, uh, face value, you're like, well, a reasonable person would hand in their gun. But like a reasonable person wouldn't be in a job where his life's in danger. Like every fucking day, every second, he's fucking avoided death based on skill alone to do this fucking job mm-hmm. like he he in all right should have been dead like five times by now oh absolutely at least and then they're like yeah you're fired i would lose my mind too mm-hmm. like they would have barrels in their face too yeah it's like fine like, i am having a problem my best friend is dead everyone in this town hates me and i'm drinking a little bit yeah. but, look, but look at the statistics they're speaking for themselves yeah. i'm cleaning up this place yeah I might have to kill a few people, Brosov, but, like, I'm cleaning it up. <laughs> so, actually, he freaked out. Count, city council backed down. They're like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, we'll let him keep his job. Yeah. But two days later, a sober Dallas went to the city council, and he resigned. And instead, he took over running the Globe restaurant, which is the one that Doc used to own. So, and it ends there, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. The end. Yay. That is lawman Dallas Studenmeyer. Dallas and Isabella running the Globe restaurant. Together forever. Yeah. In July while running the no! Globe. <laughs> he was appointed as a U.S. deputy deputy marshal. <laughs> so deputy Dallas. Deputy. Deputy, deputy. Dewey. Deputy Doofy. I knew we were coming here. Okay. I knew we were going to get to the Deputy Dewey. Dep- I'm sorry, Deputy Dewey boy, but it's time to go. All right. Anyway, so he was appointed U.S. Deputy Marshal. Mm-hmm. And that did not stop him, though, from, like, settling arguments with his pistols. And it definitely didn't end his feud with the Manning brothers. Because he's not just El Paso Marshal anymore. He is a U.S. Marshal. Yeah. He's big guns. And he's still using those guns. And the the feud with the Manning brother, it ran so deep that locals tried to get Dallas and the Manning brothers to sign a peace treaty that they had published in the El Paso Herald. 
they were like oh my god that's so last ditch hail mary yeah they're like you guys are toxic as hell sign this goddamn peace treaty and guess what they actually did sign it oh yeah but it didn't fucking mean anything no it was a fucking that peace remained that peace nope that feud remained there was no peace Mm -mm. dallas continued to make threats to the manning brothers every time he was drinking and the manning brothers continued to threat threaten dallas and the peace treaty didn't mean shit yeah kill his best friend he's not gonna just sign a newspaper print (laughs) and be like there you go he just signed it so people would fuck off for a minute exactly yeah and so on September 18th, 1882, Dallas and the Manning brothers met again in one of Jim Manning's saloons to sign another peace treaty. Doc Manning, who was the most hot-tempered of the Manning brothers, and Dallas, who's equally, if not probably more hot-tempered, began mm-hmm. to argue about the first peace treaty. In seconds, they both had their pistols drawn. Doc fired first shattering Dallas's left arm, causing him to drop his gun. And a second bullet hit Dallas in the chest. But his shirt pocket was filled with papers in a little book, so it didn't penetrate his skin. It, it just forced him to fall backward out of the saloon doors and into the street. Oh, shit. He's still alive. And even though his left arm is shattered, he is he shoots with both hands. Yeah. So he had dropped one of his guns, but he used his right hand to pick up his other gun and he shot doc as doc was coming through the saloon doors and he hit doc in his arm but jim manning was following closely behind his brother and fired two shots and one went wild and the other hit dallas behind his left ear killing him instantly ah shit so that didn't stop an enraged doc manning though who proceeded to pistol whip dallas with dallas's own gun even though he was already dead. Yeah, it's a pussy move. Yeah. Yep. And he couldn't even finish the fight himself. Jim Manning had to come in. Yep. To finish it. And in a familiar plot line, Jim and Doc Manning were arrested, but were acquitted by the jury when they were found to have acted in self-defense. Because, again, this jury is made up of all of their friends and probably just paid them off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Dallas's funeral was held at El Paso's Masonic Lodge number 130. And then Isabella had his body shipped to Columbus, Texas, and he was buried in the it's Alleyton or Aleton, Texas Cemetery. So hmm. that's just outside of Columbus. It's like a tiny little village. OK. And Dallas was 37 years old when he died, when he was murdered. Dude left a lot of carnage. Oh, hell yeah. This man was carnage. The guy was a fucking hurricane in Texas. The Manning brothers continued to live in El Paso, and the death of Dallas Studenmeyer, the one man who successfully tamed one of the most violent towns in the Wild West, was all but forgotten. Oh. Have you ever heard of Dallas Studenmeyer? I'd never heard of Dallas. Have you ever heard of the Four Dead in Five Seconds gunfight? I haven't. But you've probably heard of, like, Doc Holliday and Wyatt erp and mm-hmm. billy the kid and all these other famous names yeah you never hear about dallas student meyer no and that's that's the el paso gunfight aka the battle of keating saloon aka the four dead in five seconds gunfight in the life of dallas student meyer major gunfighter and lawman of the wild west also a confederate but what do you want from him he's from yeah, alabama this is a hard time back in the times all right i love that that was very cool 
a little bit of change yeah. pace, right? A little gunslinger in action. Yeah. A little rune tootin' cowboys kissing. Oh, oh, maybe. Never mind. Maybe Doc and, maybe, maybe the... Doc and Dallas <laughs> kissing. Maybe they were more than best friends. They were holding the hands, but the newspapers Cute. never put that in there. They were the best of friends. Maybe. Maybe that's why Dallas was so heartbroken. And... Yeah, that explains why Isabel's nickname was The Beard. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's me. These are people. Uh are people. And also Isabella had to bury her husband and yeah. her brother. Yeah. In the same year. Yeah. Like that's rough. That's so fucking rough. Like when she's she's getting fucking married, her fucking brother's murdered. Yeah. And man, and Dallas never left town. He left town one day. Mm-hmm. And his best friend's murdered. <laughs> that I was know. on purpose. I promise you that was on purpose. Yeah, that was that was strategic as all hell. And Cause there'd be enough of enough time to notice too. Like, oh, he's not here. You have a couple days. He's also the the town marshal, right? So everyone probably knew. He probably had mm -hmm. to like tell people like, if you have shit going down, whatever I do as a town marshal, report to this person instead. Like, mm -hmm. there was there's probably it's the wet old west, right? There's a, one main dusty strip of road. Just probably like a little bulletin board in the middle oh, of that yeah. strip. They're know? trying to patch the bell. They're trying to patch the bell, the St. Clement's bell that Dallas won't stop just ringing. Fucking off of it. <laughs> Sick. But yeah, I uh, came upon this story because it happened in 1881. So when I was researching the Victoria Steamboat disaster, which happened in 1881. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of the times when I'm researching a story, I look for other like events that happened that year just to like compare for the times or see if there's another story that i would want to do mm -hmm. and i found this one and i i don't know i love like the wild west i love like learning about really anything but when it comes to like the wild west and old gunslingers and cowboys and outlaws and tarantino <laughs> style movies it was very tarantino actually and, oh yeah there's so many um events in this story like things that happen that you can see where he was probably influenced by like maybe not just this story specifically mm -hmm. but yeah who who knows yeah uh but yeah so when i was reading about it i was like i want to do this it's something different it's still like macabre and like dark history but then you have this like legend of a man's mm -hmm. dallas student meyer and guy's name is dallas he's a fucking dallas. gunslinger in texas what do you want it's just gold. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna just see how this one goes. Yeah. Um. Also, just haven't really felt like doing a deep dive into like a true crime case, you know, mm -hmm. recently. So I've been really changing it up. Like yeah. July has been very uh, representative of the chaos in my mind. <laughs> it's like catacombs. Yeah. Maybe that was the end of June. I don't remember. Uh, fucking Canadian Victorian era steamboat disasters. Mm -hmm. Again, you go to the Bridgewater Triangle. Now we're in the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, I loved all of those. So just changing it up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys liked that. Uh, there's a bunch of like crazy gunslingers, gunfights, old old cowboys and stuff that I could look into mm -hmm. if this was enjoyable. But yeah, man, I showed you a photo of Dallas so that you would stop picturing the Colonel. 
the picture I showed Dyson will be on our Instagram. Yeah. Talk Adaptation Podcast. A couple other pictures. Again, this is from 1881, so there isn't going to be a ton of photos, but there is some on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's that. That's, that's it. That's the gunfight. That's what I got for you. Loved it. What will I have for you next week? I don't know. <laughs> Dallas back from the grave. You <gasps> thought he was done, but he's not done with you. <sighs> yeah, that's not sick. And but yeah, it is sick. But now just like having done the research and I know that Dallas was like the fucking peak sharpshooter and a lot of these other guys were just kind of like meh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. And then and then even if you took Dallas and put him in today's world, he would probably be shit. Because now people are experts in guns. They've been around forever. Practice yeah. shooting. They've perfected the gun. It's not like a rickety old There's 1800s like gun. There's like to this shit now. Like yeah. He, yeah. Dallas would probably pale in comparison to a lot of shooters even today. But in oh, yeah. his time, he was like the fucking man. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I think Dallas is sick. I don't think you should, you know, I understand the notoriety part because you can't just shoot people. What do they say in Django? Shoot people dead, dead on the street like a dog in the street mm. yeah but he he's the marshal he's a ranger yeah who's gonna arrest him he's on both sides of the law you know justice it, it not justice he did it all yeah i just uh i thought Dallas was pretty cool mm-hmm. for a little living legend Next week, I don't know. I don't think I'll have another gunfight for you next week. Okay. I think I'll save that up for another time. But that's why I got to come back. Yeah. Figure out what the heck I'm going to tell you next week for the roller coaster of July. (laughs) I should pick something fucking insane. Just wild. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. Thank you for tuning in to the... What did I name this episode? Something really long. Thank you for tuning in to the episode 65 USA Lawman Dallas Studenmeyer in the 4 Dead in 5 Seconds gunfight. I love it. And we will catch you on the dark side. Bye-bye.